Good morning and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I am Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. We come today on day 295 to Psalms 44 and 45. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. It is a blessing to us every day to be able to wake up and spend time in your word together. We pray that you would write your word on our hearts to shape our hearts and minds and lives by your word and spirit for your glory in all things. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So two psalms on tap today, Psalms 44 and 45. Psalm 44 is written to the choir master. It is a maskil, or a psalm of instruction, of the sons of Korah. O God, we have heard with our ears, our fathers have told us what deeds you performed in their days, in the days of old. You, with your own hand, drove out the nations, but them you planted. You afflicted the peoples, but them you set free. For not by their own sword did they win the land, nor did their own arm save them, but your right hand and your arm and the light of your face, for you delighted in them. You are my king, O God. Ordain salvation for Jacob. Through you we push down our foes. Through your name we tread down those who rise up against us. For not in my bow do I trust, nor can my sword save me. But you have saved us from our foes and have put to shame those who hated us. In God we have boasted continually and we will give thanks to your name forever. Selah. But you have rejected us and disgraced us and have not gone out with our armies. You have made us turn back from the foe and those who hate us have gotten spoil. You have made us like sheep for slaughter and have scattered us among the nations. You have sold your people for a trifle, demanding no high price for them. You have made us the taunt of our neighbors, the derision and scorn of those around us. You have made us a byword among the nations, a laughingstock among the peoples. All day long my disgrace is before me and shame has covered my face. At the sound of the taunter and reviler, at the sight of the enemy and the avenger, all this has come upon us, though we have not forgotten you, and we have not been false to your covenant. Our heart has not turned back, nor have our steps departed from your way. Yet you have broken us in the place of jackals and covered us with the shadow of death. If we had forgotten the name of our God or spread out our hands to a foreign God, would not God discover this? For he knows the secrets of the heart. Yet for your sake, we are killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Awake! Why are you sleeping, O Lord? Rouse yourself. Do not reject us forever. Why do you hide your face? Why do you forget our affliction and oppression? For our soul is bowed down to the dust. Our belly clings to the ground. Rise up. Come to our help. Redeem us for the sake of your 
steadfast love. Psalm 44 is a stunning psalm within the book of Psalms because it is a lament over oppression from the enemies that is undeserved. It is a lament over hardship and difficulty and, and oppression that does not come from sin and from neglect, from the people. Now, there are Psalms where David himself is saying that he is personally being unjustly persecuted and he is personally being wronged without cause. But the communal laments of Israel in the Psalms are, are largely, almost exclusively, communal laments that come out of sin and then how sin has led to sorrow and oppression and heartache and judgment and then repentance and seeking the Lord or seeking deliverance from enemies. This is the community through the sons of Korah calling on the Lord together and saying some rather stunning things. We do need to start where the psalm starts, and that is with a positive rehearsal recitation of redemptive history. The people of God should know their redemptive history so that they can positively recite that redemptive history in times of trouble. We are in the book of Joshua right now in our Old Testament readings, and so we're in the section that's being recalled here, this is hundreds of years later, by the sons of Korah. How God ejected the Canaanites and planted the Israelites. How God drove out their enemies and gave the, the land to his people. And from a rehearsal of redemptive history, there is a positive plea. And the positive plea is a confession. You are my king. Oh God. The Lord God Almighty is the king over his people. He's our protector. He's our provider. He's our defender. He's our warrior. He's our judge. He's our champion. He's the captain of our salvation. He is our king. And he's the one who ordains salvation for us. And it is only through him, through him and only through him, that we push down our foes and we tread down those who rise up against us. We can't trust in ourselves. We can't trust in our bow or our sword. It's one of the things like this past Sunday in worship, we were in Isaiah 3 and we learned the disastrous consequences of trusting in human leadership. We don't trust in human leadership. We trust in the Lord. It's the Lord who's on our side. And it's the Lord who saves us from our foes and puts to shame those who hate us. And so it is in the Lord that we make our boast. We are the people of God by his grace, by the cross of Jesus Christ, we have been redeemed. We are loved and cherished by the God of the universe who's given his son for our salvation. We boast in the Lord. We hope in the Lord. We, we have victory through the Lord. But what do we do when we don't? What do we do when we're hoping in the Lord and trusting in the Lord and seeking the Lord and being faithful to the Lord, but we are facing defeat? Frustration, failure, difficulty, obstacles we can't overcome. This is real. This is something that God's people do experience on a regular basis. Most of the apostles 
faced martyrs' deaths for their testimony in the Lord Jesus Christ, and they were faithful to the end. They loved not their lives to death, and the world was not worthy of them, and God was not ashamed to be called their God. This is all language from Hebrews chapter 11. And yet, some of them were sawn into, you know, burned at the stake, driven through with a sword, crucified upside down. Throughout church history, many great heroes of the faith have suffered death. Many times the gospel suffers oppression and violence. And it's not always because we're faithless. Now, surely we can always find a reason why we are faithless or how we are faithless. And we want to be careful not to be faithless. But faithfulness to God's covenant promises, faithfulness to worship God, doesn't necessarily guarantee that we're going to have success as we envision it. That everything is going to go the way that we think it should go, and that it's always going to look like victory as we would define victory. Sometimes it looks like we're being killed all day long and regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. But ultimately, that's not really true. And to see that, I want to go to Romans chapter 8, where this verse is quoted. Toward the end of Romans chapter 8, Paul says, What then shall we say to these things? When Romans 8 talks about these things, he's talking about the things that come against believers. The things that cause us to be discouraged. The groaning, the longing, the, the heartache, the defeats the hardships of this present age. What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies, who is to condemn. Christ Jesus is the one who died, more than that who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword, as it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long, we are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered? No. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that's the truth. That's the truth that we need to run to when it feels like we're living in Psalm 44. And, and it does. At times we do. But God is never actually asleep. God has never actually turned us over to our enemies. He will never leave us or forsake us, as we heard day before yesterday in Joshua 1. As we know in Romans 8, there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And in the end, he will rise up and come to our help, even if that is in the day of resurrection, when we will have final victory over all of our his and our enemies, we will be redeemed. And we will be redeemed for the sake of his steadfast love, which never, ever, ever fails. Well, let's go on to Psalm 45. It's written to the choir master according to Lilies. That's probably the tune it was set to. 
and it's another masculine psalm of instruction or teaching of the sons of Korah. It's a love song. Not very many love songs in the Bible, but this is one. It's a love song. It's a wedding psalm. A love song to the beautiful king and to his glorious bride. And in many ways, you see, the psalms are in order. They're in the order that God put them in. And we've seen that again and again in our time in the psalms. But Psalm 45 really does follow Psalm 44. When we feel abandoned, rejected, forsaken, we need to remember our glorious heavenly bridegroom, the King, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the fact that we are his bride. Anyway, here's Psalm 45. My heart overflows with a pleasing theme. I address my verses to the King. My tongue is like the pen of a ready scribe. You are the most handsome of the sons of men. Grace is poured upon your lips. Therefore, God has blessed you forever. Gird your sword on your thigh, O mighty one, in your splendor and majesty. In your majesty, ride out victoriously for the cause of truth and meekness and righteousness. Let your right hand teach you awesome deeds. Your arrows are sharp in the heart of the king's enemies. The people's fall under you. Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of your kingdom is a scepter of uprightness. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. Your robes are all fragrant with myrrh and aloes and cassia. From ivory palaces, stringed instruments make you glad. Daughters of kings are among your ladies of honor. At your right hand stands the queen in gold of Ophir. Hear, O daughter, and consider, and incline your ear. Forget your people and your father's house, and the king will desire your beauty. Since he is your lord, bow to him. The people of Tyre will seek your favor with gifts, the richest of the people. All glorious is the princess in her chamber, with robes interwoven with gold. In many colored robes she is led to the king, with her virgin companions following behind her. With joy and gladness they are led along as they enter the palace of the king. In place of your fathers shall be your sons. You will make them princes in all the earth. I will cause your name to be remembered in all generations. Therefore, nations will praise you forever and ever. I'm not going to have a whole lot of commentary on Psalm 45. There is a separate devotional on Psalm 45 that you can look up on our YouTube channel or on our Facebook page. I just want to say a few things, and that is, Jesus is so wonderful. <laughs> He's the most handsome of the sons of men. He is the most gracious. He is the most blessed man who has ever lived and ever will live. He is a man, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is true God and true man. He is the king. He is the majestic one, the true one, the meek and righteous one. He is the one who is coming again. And when he comes again, he will ride out in victorious majesty, verse 4. He'll come again on a white horse with a sword coming out of his mouth to judge his enemies. 
Your arrows are sharp in the heart of the king's enemies. The peoples fall under you. That's, that's when Jesus is coming again. You can take this psalm, Psalm 45, and you can go to Revelation 19 and the second coming of Jesus and the wedding supper of the Lamb and the rider on the white horse, and you can just lay them right next to each other. It's just a beautiful, beautiful picture of Jesus coming again and coming for his bride. He reigns forever and ever in heaven right now. And when he comes again, he will reign openly over the new heavens and the new earth in majesty and in glory. And all the glory of the kings, all the glory of the nations, as Revelation 21 says, will be brought into the new Jerusalem. And we, what's our role in this? We are the glorious princess in her chamber. Now, come on. I'm a 48-year-old man. I'm a husband. I'm a father of three. And just like, I'm the bride. I'm the princess in her chamber. Well, that's that's the privilege. It's a metaphor, okay? Just get over it. Uh, we are the bride. We are the loved one. We are the glorious one that Jesus can't wait to be with forever. That is awesome. And that's something to look forward to. And on those days when we're in the Psalm 44 pit of like, I haven't done anything wrong. I haven't betrayed the Lord. I haven't become an idolater. Yes, I'm sinful like everyone else, but I'm, I'm fundamentally still God's man. And I just feel like I can't do anything right. And it's all falling apart. And I feel oppressed by the enemy. And I feel like nothing is working. And why is your church so downtrodden, Lord? We can remember that Psalm 45 is coming. We can remember Psalm Romans 8 as well. That is, that we are not separated from God's love, and we are actually more than conquerors through him who loved us. But we can also remember that Psalm 45 is coming, that glorious day when our Lord returns and takes us to himself forever. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this wonderful, beautiful psalm. Thank you for giving us songs to sing when we are in the depths, to look to you. For you are good. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, tomorrow we'll be back in the book of Joshua. Hope you can join us for that. And of course, as always, have a blessed day in the Lord. Mm -hmm.